aggressive will Brian McClellan and the Capitals be this offseason? Let's talk about it next on Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about how crazy and how aggressive will GM Brian McClellan get this offseason. We'll talk Talk about that in the show. And one of the things that I've spoke about on this podcast the last few shows is Tom Wilson and his importance on this team. I brought him up to Roman Stubbs. I listed him as one of my untouchables. But as I go through the different NHL media websites out there, I hear more and more talk about where Tom Wilson would fit in on different NHL teams. It's a bit crazy uh, if you listen to it because Brian McClellan said he would love Tom Wilson to retire here. And uh, Tom Wilson said that, you know, he would love to end his career here. But he did say one thing that was interesting to me. He said, anything is possible and crazier things have happened. So is that a possibility? We'll dig into that a little bit deeper. And then we'll talk about now is the perfect time for this team to get younger. We hear all the time that this team needs to get younger. It needs to get faster. Well, this next season is my my belief is the perfect time for this team to get younger and just to try, really try to change its identity. And I think they'll be able to do that uh, depending on who the next head coach will be. And then to close out the show, we will talk about Blaine Forsyth. Um, and many people around the Capitals, the fans say it's about time that he left. But was he really as bad as everyone thought? You'll have to stick around. That'll be later in the show. But just to get it going here, Tom Wilson, like I spoke of, you know, for me, it seems like a slam dunk that Tom Wilson should end his career with his team. It's often been said that I think that uh, he could be the future captain of the Capitals, and that's a pretty common thought. He has the leadership qualities. Uh, he's got the physical game. He can score goals, all that kind of thing. It seems like a slam dunk to just, you know, back up the, the Brinks truck to him and give him a checkbook and say, fill it out and tell us how much ever you think you need to get paid and we'll sign it and, you know, we'll keep you here in D.C. for as long as you possibly can. But now I'm hearing rumblings, you know, most notably in the Bleach Report. I've heard uh, different things on the Hockey Writers. Uh, just all these different NHL media outlets, you know, talking about where Tom Wilson would fit in. Uh, even Nova Caps, and I'll talk about this a little bit later. They even listed him as the possibility of, you know, he should be an untouchable unless a crazy offer is made. 
So what is this all about? And uh, this, you know, what got me thinking about this this weekend was this piece that I read in the Bleacher Report, uh, the Washington Capitals trade Tom Wilson to Dallas. And, you know, what they did is they talked about different teams that didn't make the playoffs and what is one trade that they should consider this offseason. And what was the one trade that they listed? Tom Wilson to Dallas. It is... There is, you know, getting to be more and more talk about it. The proposed trade, Tom Wilson to the Dallas Stars for Maverick Bork in a conditional 2024 first-round pick. Some Washington fans might find the suggestion to be sacrilegious given Wilson's popularity and role on the Caps, uh, winning team back in 2018, but the Caps already showed they are willing to hit the reset button a little bit by trading Dmitry Orloff and a couple, a couple other veterans at the 2022 trade deadline. Wilson is the type of player NHL general managers would crawl over broken glass to have on their team. He is big, as physical as they come, and can score 20 goals in a season. There aren't many players like that left in the league, and that means he could have a lot of trade value. He is also the type of player you might not want to re-sign, though. He will be 30 when his contract is up after next season, and any new deal could age poorly. Cash in the trade value now while you can. Dallas has six pending unrestricted free agents coming this offseason and will be a serious contender in the Western Conference, dipping into its prospect pool to deal Bork and a lottery-protected conditional pick is the proposed trade here. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, the biggest reason why you're starting to see this whole Tom Wilson thing start to gain, gain traction is because he is going to be an unrestricted free agent after next season. And I know a deal could get done this summer, um, but will it happen? And, you know, uh, how crazy and how aggressive will Brian McClellan be to try to get this team back in the winning business? It was spoke of in The Athletic that, you know, uh, Brian GM Brian McClellan doesn't have a lot of moves left to make before he might be looking for a next job. A lot hinges on who the next head coach will be and how soon can he get this team back to being competitive, back to playing in postseason hockey would they entertain a crazy idea like moving on from a big player like Tom Wilson? It seems strange to me. But, you know, just let's get back to a moment here on Breakdown Day and what Brian McClellan and Tom Wilson uh, said themselves. Wilson, 29, has one season left on his six-year $31 million contract he signed in 18, is eligible to sign an extension on July 1st. Talks have begun, Max said, but both the GM and players said they want it to happen. But will it happen? GM Todd McClellan said of trying to extend Wilson. I'd like to for Tom to finish up in Washington. He's been a big part of our culture, our group. He's consistently gotten better throughout the years. We're going to do everything we can to sign Wilson. Wilson also asked about a possible deal and noted, everyone knows I love it here and I want to be here. Of course, that's what Tom Wilson would say. Of course, that's what McClellan would say. You know, and I don't, you know, I don't want to say that I don't think that he wants to end his career here, but sometimes people say things to reporters just uh, because it's the right thing to say. Um, you know, Tom Wilson will, you know, he'll get a big contract, whether it's in Washington or somewhere else, he is going to, you know, collect on a big payday when he signs his uh, next deal, wherever that might be. As far as his age is concerned, I'm not too worried about it. He keeps himself in really good shape. So, 
I don't, I, I'm not too worried about Tom Wilson, you know, historically, I know he missed a good chunk of last season, but that was with a knee injury and that can happen to anyone at any age that has nothing to do with his age. But like they said, there is not one of the other 31 teams in the NHL that wouldn't give their left, you know what, to have Tom Wilson playing on their team. It brings that physicality, you know, like I talked about leadership and scoring, all those things that usually you can find one of those traits in a player, but it's rare. You know, there's tough guys out there. There's Reeves, there's Maroon, there's those different guys out there, but they don't have... You know, that goal scoring touch, you know, some of a lot of those players are just junkyard dogs like come at me and I'm going to punch you. You know, those guys are a dime a dozen. But for Tom Wilson to be tough and a goal scorer, it is truly a four leaf clover, a unicorn, uh, if you will. Uh, the other you know website here is a Capitals website, Nova Caps. You know, a pretty big uh, Caps blog, I will say. And they talked about their untouchables and their one untouchable was Alex Ovechkin, of course, uh, the untouchable, if healthy, is Nick Backstrom. And then they said, staying, barring, ridiculous offer. So they're talking about here, even if there is a ridiculous offer, Nova Caps is saying, that they should entertain the idea of moving him. I want to know what that ridiculous offer is. I'd be really interested in hearing. I mean, unless it is just four or five players and top draft picks it seems crazy to me. And, you know, there's some people, even Caps fans saying, what, what's your deal with Tom Wilson? Why do you like him a lot? Well, my answer to you is, do you watch a lot of Capitals games? Because if you do, you see the impact of Tom Wilson in the game. Sometimes all he has to do is just skate into a vicinity where there might be a fight and everyone's like, oh, he's coming to this. I guess I'll just back up. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, everyone is scared to fight Tom Wilson, but he does have that intimidation factor. He knows how to throw down and uh, he, you know, he can just motivate some of the, the younger players, uh, some of the younger players that are working their ranks up through, you know, you look at your McMichael, your LaPierre, they could look up to a guy like Tom Wilson about that's a guy that did it the right way. He worked his way up through the system and is just this really steady guy that I can, you know, you know, mold my career after. I think it's a good thing. Tom Wilson, they talked about here, the 28-year-old tallied 13 goals and 22 points in 33 games after returning mid-season from a procedure to repair a torn ACL. Though Wilson is eligible for unrestricted free agency next summer, both sides have publicly expressed their interest like I spoke about. So, Brian McClellan, Ted Leonsis, who's ever listening or watching to this show, get the deal with Tom Wilson done. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. If Tom Wilson leaves this team, who are you going to plug in that's going to even come close to what he brings? Yeah, I get a little bit worked up when I talk about Tom Wilson. It just seems so crazy to me that it's even, even being spoke of. You know, like I talked about, Alex Ovechkin, of course, is the above all, end all, untouchable, untouchable. But right next to that, for you as a Caps fan, if you watch games on a regular basis, has got to be Tom Wilson. We have got to find a way to, you know, sign him up. You know, I'm not usually a big fan of long-term deals. Give Tom Wilson whatever he wants. You know, if the deal goes sour towards the end, so be it. That That's a risk that you run with uh, any player that you sign. But guys, we've got to get this done. Tom Wilson needs to retire a capital. And I don't really think this is up for debate here. I mean, I, I, how are we even having this conversation that barring some ridiculous offer... I'm really curious. Hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218, at LockedOnCaps. Who would you even entertain 
coming to this team that would make up the difference. I mean, and, and don't get crazy here. It's not they're not going to send Connor McDavid here. They're not going to you know send you know some of those kind of players. It's just not going to happen. What it would be is you know three players and a bunch of draft picks, which if you put that in a calculator for me, still equals zero. I'm not about it. So Capitals, GM, ownership, figure it out. We got to find a way to keep Tom Wilson in D.C. It's not really up for debate here. All right, so after the break here, we talk about this team needs to get younger and it needs to get faster. Well, this Caps team missed the playoffs for the first time since 2014. Now seems to be the perfect time to integrate some of this young talent. Is that Brian McClellan's assessment as well? We'll talk about that straight ahead. The frustrating thing sometimes is trying to find tickets to your favorite event. That is why you need game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is fast and easy, and it's one of the easiest ways to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. What are some of the things about the Game Time app experience that I like? Flash deals and last minute tickets, easy way to buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, images of the seat view so you can actually see what it'll look like to be sitting at that seat, and the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED ON NHL for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem with code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off download the game time app last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed game time Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and hit that follow or subscribe button when you're using your podcatcher of choice because I have some big shows coming up. I have Matt Wyrick coming up. I have John Walton and um, and Mike Vogel. Among Those are just a few off the top of my head that will be on the show within the next couple of weeks. So make sure and hit subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and on YouTube. Uh, just so you can be in the know when it comes to the Capitals. All right, in this next segment here, we're going to talk about how this team needs to get younger. It needs to get faster. We hear about it all the time. And Brian McClellan and what he is prioritizing in this offseason. To me, our main work will be our top six forwards. And then based on that, we'll see what we can do, McClellan said. And when pressed on this, he said, is, you know, any you know position in particular, are you talking about center? Are you talking about wing? He said all of them. So Brian McClellan is open up for shop for the Capitals. And what he's saying is, I want this team to be competitive now. And he's open to pretty much everything and anything. Um, So as we know, the Caps failed to qualify for the Stanley Cup for the first time uh, since 2014. So that is what the impetus is for all this change. And then you add to that Kuznetsov, you know, and Anthony Mantha. Those seem to be kind of the two you know, easy answers for players to move on out. Kuznetsov, I know, has been hot and cold. I know that last season he was in the top three on the team in goals, but then all of a sudden he tells Russian media 
that he wants out of Washington. Even though when cornered, he said, no, nah, I never said it. I, I never said that. But then there's more reports coming in that he has even talked about it two other times that, that I know of before that. So it does seem that despite whatever Evgeny Kuznetsov says he wants out of Washington, I think that we should honor that wish. Why keep a guy here if he ultimately doesn't want to be here? Anthony Mantha has struggled. Uh, my hats go off to him, and I'll talk about him a little bit more in depth in upcoming shows, but he went out and signed a mental coach because the mental toll of how hard it is to be scratched, you know, regardless of, you know, if you think it, you know, it was his fault or not, um, you know, just to be, you know, at the center of, you know, media scrutinization about uh, being scrutinized every game about how you're playing well and then getting trapped in your own head because you want to get better. But overthinking things can sometimes make it more difficult. Anyway, Anthony Mantha is another guy that could potentially get moved this offseason. There is one year left on his deal, but I think that if the right opportunity was presented to McClellan, maybe they bundle him in a deal together. I could see this being, you know, this past season, his last year in Washington. We're talking all of it, McClellan said, when he was talking about the top six. And then talking about this need to get younger and faster, um, while the goal is to inject up-and-coming prospects into the mix, while also assessing where the likes of Connor McMichael and Hendricks LaPierre, McClellan also noted that he wants the team to remain competitive so that Ovi and more key leaders have another chance at a Stanley Cup, writes the hockey writers. So it is an interesting thing, um, or the hockey news, excuse me. Uh, position where you want to, you know, be competitive and you want to get younger. And it's a fine line to walk about how do you get that done? Because let's face it, we've seen McMichael in the lineup. We've seen Lop here in the lineup and they really haven't dazzled, shall we say. And, you know, the detractors to those comments would say they never got a long enough look. And it is my assessment that they give, you know, at least Connor McMichael. I know that um, Lop here has kind of been, you know, off on and off this past season has struggled a little bit, but Connor McMichael has done a pretty good job. All things considered uh, down in Hershey, let's give him that extended look that everyone is talking about, you know, a really good look and see if he can find a way to, to be that young player that this team is looking for. The interesting, you know, problem with all of that is who is then going to come out of the lineup. So Kuznetsov, he's a center. Okay, if he's out of there, that would be a potential opportunity. Uh, Anthony Mantha, if he goes out, that would also present an opportunity uh, for one of the younger guys there as well. Um, you know, a, a name that I hear mentioned quite often based on his physicality and uh, in his great, uh, you know, goal scoring and leadership touch is a Beck. Malenstein as well. Uh, could he be that fourth line wing that could, you know, kind of take on a Carl Hagelin spot, you know, to help there? I know Alexi Protus played there as well, but I think that, you know, I like Beck Malenstein's game because he has that big frame. Uh, so definitely an intriguing uh, guy there. But I do think that this team does need to get younger. It is a precarious position for GM. Brian McClellan to be in, but instead of, you know, kicking that can down the road next year, next year, next year, uh, we can't wait until uh, Alex Ovechkin retires or this team could be horrible uh, until the end of his career here. You know, we're talking, what, three years left on his deal? I, I, I don't want to be, t you know, I don't want to, to miss the playoffs for three years because, you know, we want to uh, bubble wrap Alex Ovechkin in this cocoon of players that he's comfortable with. I think that, you know, there needs to be a bit of a come to Jesus moment with Alex Ovechkin and saying, 
we don't want next season to end the way this season. And I know what we talked about, you know, that we're going to keep you on a competitive team. But, you know, we might move on from some of these guys that you're friends with, you know, whether that be a Nick Backstrom, which would be a tough one to move because of the relationship between the two. But let's face it, you know, you've seen a big dip in production. And like Brian McClellan said, it's up to Nick Backstrom to make the decision on his career where he's at. Does he feel like he can still compete? Uh, I know in breakdown, he said that he can, but ultimately, can he do that? And I think that he's going to give him the benefit of the doubt for him to, you know, make the decision, or I think that Mac will make the decision for him. I understand he's under contract, uh, but, you know, you know, just because you're under contract doesn't mean that you can't get traded. Um, I know it gets a little bit sticky if there's a no move, tr- you know, or, you know, you have a select amount of teams you're willing to move to. But I do think that the Caps need to widen the lens. You know, TJ Oshie that we talked about, he's also, you know, suffered many injuries. And I love TJ Oshie on this team. He's a leader, uh, but, you know, he's getting a bit older as well. And we got to stop with the mindset that I like these players. Um, We need players that are going to be on par with the teams that are in the playoffs right now. The New Jersey Devils, the Rangers, the Bruins, these teams that have found a way to make it into the playoffs. The, The Capitals need to adapt that same mindset that we need to start winning games. We've got to kind of push away these players that make us feel comfortable because, you know, they were the 28 team and they've all played together for so long. Listen, you're not picking out a group of best friends. You're picking out players to win hockey games in DC. That should be of utmost importance, you know, despite the fact that, you know, that, you know, you have these, you know, sentimental attachments to these guys that helped win a cup. You know, 2018 has been some time. Those guys are quite a bit older since 2018, and you're starting to see that come into focus. I I know that Eller moved on, but you saw that with him. You know, you're seeing that with Backstrom. You're seeing that with Oshie. You know, even to a certain extent, Alex Ovechkin, the Russian machine that never breaks, has at least, you know, cracked a little bit, you know, in this last season, a little bit more than he usually did. So it is some interesting things. I do believe that now is the time to give these players that we've talked about for the longest time, uh, these young players, to give them a look. You know, your McMichael, you know, maybe Vinny Iorio, uh, Malenstein that I mentioned, you know, you know, just off the top of my head here, there's other players there as well. I mean, let's face it, the Hershey Bears are in the Calder Cup playoffs. The Stingrays are also in the playoffs as well, right? So the Kelly Cup playoffs. So there are some players in the pipeline that could potentially help this team, but that's also going to mean the Caps moving on, moving on from some of the players uh, that they've known to love for quite some time. So it is a difficult position. I do get that. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about Blaine Forsythe. Yes, everyone says, good riddance, get him out of here. But was he really ultimately that bad? Let's dig into that a little bit more straight ahead. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So one of the biggest complaints about Blaine Forsyth was the power play that he overlooked and, you know, kind of being predictable and, you know, this and that and the other thing. But was he ultimately as bad as everyone thought he was? Let's dig into this. This was a piece in The Athletic after 17 years and six head coaches The Caps move on from Blaine Forsythe. Just that fact alone that he played here for, you know, or coached rather for 17 years and had to interview with six different head coaches, um, is was he really that bad? And an interesting stat kind of jumped out at me here, uh, talking about him and how 
um, you know, how he was instrumental in this team. Just, just this for context. Alex Ovechkin and how he played on the power play. To be, to be exact, Alex Ovechkin scored 188 of his NHL record 299 power play goals in the 11 seasons Forsyth was in charge. Let that just soak in. Maybe he wasn't as bad. Maybe he lost his effectiveness this last season. But I am not going to paint Blaine Forsyth as a horrible assistant coach, um, power play coach, whatever you want to say. Uh, that you know, I'm not going to go ahead and say that. I think that he that he struggled on certain things, of course. But I don't think that he was necessarily as bad as everyone uh, thinks that. As an assistant coach, Forsyth worked under coaches Bruce Boudreau, Dale Hunter, Adam Oates, Barry Trotz, Todd Reardon, and Peter LaViolette, whose three-year tenure ended uh, when he uh, parted ways, shall we say, on that Friday. You know, and that happened shortly after uh, Peter LaViolette. For most of Forsyth's tenure, one of his primary tasks was heading up the power play Fueled by Ovi Oates, put Ovechkin in the left faceoff circle at the start of the lockout shortened 12 13 season. He then handed Forsyth the keys. Goals, lots of goals followed, particularly in the early years. And everyone talks about why does Ovi set up from his office the left circle? Because that's where he scores goals, of course. I mean, we can go ahead and try to force it, make him, you know, score goals from the other, the right circle or the center. And he has done that more. But let's put him where he's comfortable. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. He has scored a ton of goals from his office. That's why they call it his office. That's where he scores all his goals. That is where he's comfortable. So let's not try to reinvent the wheel necessarily. And, you know, that would be my advice to the next coach of the power play as well. Indeed, the power play led the league twice and ranked among the top three, four times in the first five year of Forsyth's tutelage. The power play fell off in year six, dropping from seventh to twelfth and out of the top ten for the first time since Forsyth took it over. The season after that, it struggled again, falling to 17th. Criticism of Ovechkin centric scheme and Forsyth began to grow. He heard the noise and is the first to acknowledge it's his responsibility to adjust and keep producing no matter what's going on. So he slipped towards the end. Um, I don't think that we need to vilify Blaine Forsyth as this horrible coach. You know, if I'm going to generalize his tenure with the Capitals, you know, that is painting it with a broad brush, not edging around the corners and, you know, being centric on one or two seasons. I think he did a pretty good job, you know, and I think that, you know, the Caps got some good mileage out of him being in charge of the power play and they're making changes. He saw the writing on the walls. He wanted out. So there is going to be change for the first time in quite some time. And, um, you know, I'm embracing it, you know, I, I, who, and I'm hoping that it is the help earner, the Spencer Carberry, uh, one of those guys, um, you know, and I'm excited about, you know, the thought of it, you know, I think that, you know, to a certain extent, Peter Laviolette was dealt a tough hand, but that's in the rear view. You know, I can't keep talking about that. That's in the rear view sites can keep eyes forward. Like they say, when you're driving, and uh, quit concentrating what's in the rearview mirror. Let's look about what's going forward and the potential of greatness, depending on who the next head coach is. And you're saying, well, the head coach, how big of a difference could it make? One name in particular on this team or coach on this team, Barry Trotz. What did Barry Trotz do for this team? Stanley Cup, mic drop. I mean, what else can I say? Um, this team yeah, struggled to get 
over that hump for so many different years. You know, oh, this is going to be the year, and they're going to make it to the playoffs, and they always fell short, and then Barry rolled into town, and they did it, and they did it because of a head coach change. So I'm not going to say the head coach is the only, you know, change maker or the, the difference maker, but he can play a huge role. If he can have the assistance in that he wants to have in, you know, like Mitch Korn, who just totally dialed in Braden Holpe and Philip Grubauer. Mitch Korn, I will revere, is probably just top of my head the best goalie coach ever. You know, I'm sure there's other great ones out there, but what he did in D.C. in particular is mind-blowing. And he, I remember going to, it was called Kettler at the time. Now it's MedStar Ice Complex. And watching, uh, you know, them training. And he brought out lights and all these different, you know, props and stuff. And, you know, it was just amazing the what what he brought as, as a goalie coach um, and how he changed uh, the goalies. Brayden Holpe made him a premier goalie. Can, you know, can the next head coach bring in someone similar to a Mitch Korn, you know, an assistant coach that could dial in the power play, maybe give the power play a different look? Could it make this team competitive next year? You're darn right it could. I think that the ingredients are there. I just think that the Caps lost it. I think that, you know, they had the ingredients and it fell behind the stove. You know, and then they were trying to remember the recipe. How did we make this? How did we make this this uh, pasta sauce? I I I don't remember. I kind of know a little bit about it, but that recipe for success was lost. They need to refine it, and I think that the next head coach can can just you know change you know the thought process altogether because for the longest time it was Peter Laviolette, but Peter Laviolette had a lot of the assistant coaches that were from here from the previous administration. And look at how long Forsyth was here. So I just think, you know, a, a total changing of the guard, and I understand it's not a total changing of the guard. There are still some uh, coaches left in place, but I think that we're headed in the right direction for the first time in a long time. And um, I expect some change. How crazy is it going to get this summer? I guess I don't know. I think that the head coaching decisions will start to be made once some of the teams that are in the playoffs drop off, you know, say Tampa, you know, since, you know, Jeff Halpern and that kind of thing, Spencer Carberry up in Toronto. So a lot is going to hinge on the fact of how these teams in the postseason do. Uh, if they make a run in, they're playing in the Stanley Cup finals in June. Well, then we're going to have to wait a while and that's okay. If we can get the right one, I'm okay with that. You know, I, if we have to wait, you know, until the, the the later part of the summer, I'm okay with that as long as we can get the right one. And I know that there's no right one. It's open to interpretation, but I think we'll know. Um, you get a certain feeling. When, when I heard Barry Trotz was the head coach, I had a feeling like, this is good. This is good. Um, when I heard Todd Reardon was going to be the next head coach, I didn't have that feeling. I had a little bit of that feeling with Peter Laviolette, but I, you know, you know when it's the right one. And uh, you know, if it's someone like a Spencer Carberry, that seems like to be one of my front runners. But if not him, like a Jeff Halpern, you know, those are going to be the guys that are going to me as a Caps fan are going to make me positive about next season getting this team dialed in. I don't think you know that we need to take this whole team and throw it into the recycle bin. I just think what we need a head coach that's going to dial this team in, let them play to their strengths, and for God's sakes, let's get a head coach that is not adverse to having young players into the lineup. That was the dig on Laviolette and Barry Trotz. Let's get a coach that's okay with that. Spencer Carberry comes to mind as his work 
with the Bears, he's comfortable. He's well acquainted with a lot of the players that are playing on the Bears. So I am hopeful for next season and Caps fans. It is it is difficult to end as a host of this show. My my colleagues, you know, fellow locked on hosts, hearing them go on and talk about how the Bruins are killing it and the Carolina Hurricanes and and I'm talking about, you know, what's going to happen next year. It's a bit difficult, um, but it's okay. I, I, I'm I'm happy about what the future holds. But next year, I want to be one of the guys, and I want to be talking to you guys about the Caps push into the playoffs in the second round and who they're going to face in the third round, who they're going to play in the Stanley Cup. That's what I want, and I think it's going to happen if they do things the right way. And I, I have faith in Brian McClellan that he will do that. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it is your team every day. Yes, all off-season, five days a week. There's a couple months in the middle of summer where it's three shows, but you know what I'm talking about. I've got you guys covered. And even when it is three days a week, if big news breaks, I'm going to do a show. I got you guys covered because this is Locked On Capitals. It's not casual capitals. And I have you guys to think. And are you an everydayer? Do you listen to this show every day or do you watch it on YouTube every day? I want to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at LockedOnCaps and say, hey, Dan, I'm an everydayer. I'll give you a shout out on the show. Same thing goes for new subscribers on YouTube. I'm going to give you guys a shout out on Friday show as well, because it's because of you guys. I see the show's success grow and I have you guys to think. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. My name is Dan Holmey and I'll talk to you again next time.